0: Welcome into the The Clap Trap, brought to you by Ultrasound Productions, now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, welcome into another episode of the Clap Trap. I've got my good pal Matt back on the show, the leader in the gambling competition, the Clap clap Trap gambling competition. That was a good mistake right there, but... He is here to give his thoughts on everything, and since I got Matt back in, we haven't talked to him since the beginning of the NFL season, so we'll get into all the NFL thoughts, but I do want to talk about all of the other New England sports teams. We do have some interesting stuff going on with the uh, Bruins, just named a new captain. The Red Sox fired their GM. I haven't really gotten into that because I'm so down on the Red Sox that I just like punted to the next year. I want to get Matty's thoughts on that. Uh, also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of Celtics before we get into the NFL talk, because there was a Thursday night football game last night. We got a big Patriots game coming up. But first of all, Matt, I just want to say thank you for coming back on. As always, always appreciate it. How are you doing? How are you feeling about the state of New England sports at this moment?
1: Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it'd be, I'd be remiss to not come in here and do my victory lap, leading the gambling competition by week two. So you might as well give me the money right now. Go also yeah, football <laughs> league right now after week two and no, i just, just, okay. So yeah, Nobody I'm, cares. I'm, I'm here more to Peacock than anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Very good. That's what we want. Uh we, we, we need that, that uh, extra little Maddie energy uh from him. Yeah, no, I mean, Hey, you've been seeing the, the board. Well, I'm I'm happy about it. At the end of the day, I do just want to give anybody who's possibly listening along to us idiots talking about sports gambling some good picks. If we can make anybody win some money, I'd be happy about that, too. Obviously, I want to do good as well. I did absolutely atrocious. But we'll get into that first. As I said, I want to get into some of the other New England sports teams that are going on. Uh, Currently, we might as well uh, talk about first the one that is still playing. We'll talk about the Red Sox. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. talked about them before how bad it was going into this season. I know that we had started off at the beginning of the season with, you know, thinking that possibly it was going to be a terrible season for them. I think a lot of people thought that I actually took the over on 78 and a half wins. So that looks like it still has a chance to hit. We're getting close. We're down to the line here. So I'm happy about a possible chance, a reason to give me a, or yeah, a reason to watch the games a little bit, but they finally have fired Heim Bloom. High Bloom era is over. They are done. And they did it emphatically too. They didn't wait until the offseason. They didn't wait until it, they were like, no, all right, we're hearing all your complaining. We are getting rid of High Bloom and we're gonna move forward. And you would hope I actually haven't really even looked into what they're going to be doing as far as the, the next GM here, but I, I would assume this means that they're going to go in a new direction. Then let's just build up the farm system and and you know try and eke out a good. Uh, pro roster so I gotta ask how you're feeling right now about this Red Sox team firing the GM at this point before the season's over does it give you hope for the future are you excited about the future at all about the Red Sox or are you still kind of questioning it
1: yeah I mean of course it's got to give you hope right I mean this is a team that you know they have the capability of, of holding one of the largest payrolls in the league what are they at, like 10th place give or take right now you know this is yeah, I can think back to what was it the Dark Knight Rises when uh, they're talking about firing um, the commissioner? He's like, "Yeah, but he's a wartime commissioner. Now we're in peacetime. Like this is how the Red Sox go, right? Like, we're at now we're at a time where we need to go spend. We don't need a guy that slash and payroll builds in the farm. That happened. You saw there was you know the at- just atrophy of fans, right? We just every people started tuning out, and they, it's to to make a quick comparison to the Patriots when you're in the middle and you're like an average team, like. I'd rather you be hysterically bad like than be like somewhere in the middle. So for these guys in this division, too, to not even be competing after the first month. And then they were in the wild card race up until like a month, you know, month and a half ago. Um, you need a new direction. You need someone that's gonna come in and spend. Now, I don't know who that's gonna be. I don't really I'm not a, a watchdog in that type of MLB sense. I know there's one talk about the guy from Arizona who's at Ab- Abington native. Um, it'd be tough to sort of pry him away from what it sounds like, but yeah, I want someone – I want I want the Dombrowski type. Like, I want someone to come in here, make, make splashes, sign Otani, do something. You know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be him specifically, but, you know, get some $200, $300 million contracts in the books. It's not my money. Go spend it.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, uh, it, it, I'm just happy that it seems like Henry is listening because I thought he was completely tuned out. I thought the guy was all about, you know, I got my Pittsburgh Penguins. I got my soccer team. I don't care. I think that's how we all felt was he was just looking at it like – what, are they making a profit for me? All right. I don't really care. You know, they can, you know, keep people interested for a little bit. You have your diehard group of Red Sox fans that are always going to root for this team, no matter what. So I, I I'm just happy to see him kind of take a stand. It feels like kind of take a, his team back in, in a sense, or at least make it seem like he wants to put us back towards trying to go for championships because clearly over these last couple of seasons, it has not been about let's go win a championship. It's about, all right, let's try and put out the best team we possibly can for the most reasonable salary. So I, you know, that that frustrates any fan out there, especially when, like you said, we we've gone from being a, a a small market team back in the '90s or or before that even considered more of like a small market team, little brother to the Yankees kind of guys there. And then you start building something in the early 2000s. Obviously, you win championships. You become that big, that high tier level of team. And then you're going to go out there and give us a Heim Bloom type of guy who's just going to be all about the farm system and doesn't really care. Yeah, sure. You, you signed Raphael Devers, which I give him credit for, uh, Bloom, finally making that call. You had to keep a guy like that. But you're right. I think you need to have you need a little spice. You need a little excitement. You need somebody that's going to come in and turn this Red Sox team around and give us a reason to actually want to watch these games and go and sing Sweet Caroline in the eighth inning at a ball game yeah. and not just think about – this team is just going to be at the bottom of the AL East again. We're battling with the Yankees for last place in the division. Come on. I, I mean, so I, I'm happy with the direction that they're going. Do you want them to go after Otani though?
1: Is that, do you, are you feeling I, I that? Smash, man. I mean, I, 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 w- I wouldn't be against it. I mean, and the thing is, I think you can get creative. Like the way I'm hearing it from everybody, right. Is like you pay him 300 million to be a hitter and you put these incentives into his contract where it's, if he starts to pitch, then you could start, you know, increasing it by however much he's, he's not going to pitch in 2024. You know, you'd have to wait till 2025, but you know, there, there's you need to make a big splash like that. There's a new, uh, another Japanese pitcher that I think is going to be, uh, you know, bit, they're going to be bidding for, um, yeah, that a couple teams will be bidding for this offseason. But and I want that, I want that hot stove. I mean, today's hot stove, right? I mean, baseball, it's right. not like you know, back in when we were in high school and you'd be it'd be Thanksgiving weekend and you'd hear about Kurt Schilling signing or Danny (laughs) Ramirez, but like, give me something like that. Give me something in November where it's like, Oh crap, this team means business. They need it. They need to get the the season ticket sales up. They get to generate revenue, get to generate buzz. Um, So I'm happy that let's get a GM first, get someone who knows how to add talent, build a system, trade away certain pieces out of the farm. Someone that's not connected to the pieces. You know, he didn't draft this guy. He has no sort of, Emotional attachment to you know certain players that he on he picked that uh you know someone that come in that can actually have a good balance don't, we don't need a top five farm system in expensive the big league level we need a good balance and, and we need splashes right now so that, that's what i'm looking forward to and i'm hoping they're uh you know otherwise start looking at sam kennedy he could be next on the uh
0: on the list maybe yeah no that's a that's a good point his his neck will be on the chopping chopping block next. Okay, time for our first break of the day. But when we come back, we'll continue the conversation about the Red Sox here on ninety point seven WKKL,
1: the Clap Trap with your host Zach Clap.
0: We're back and talking about the Red Sox updates. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, I want Otani obviously. Give him with that. We got Yoshida already. We're trying to build that camaraderie. They seem to like each other, so that's good. Why does he? You know, go and. Uh, grandstand for us to go and get Otani. I want him in, even if he can't pitch. Like you said, he's a $300 million contract guy, even if he can't pitch. He's going out there, smashing 40 home runs a season, all the RBIs, everything else you need to do. So go out and get something like that. Bring back that spark. Bring back that hype for the Red Sox. You guys have the entire New England fan base all watching you during the summer because we have nothing else to watch give us something to watch give us something, like don't don't make me go through the entire season it's all about me go don't make me go through the entire Summer season and w- like hate watching sports because the Red Sox are so bad and they just don't care. And then they'll go through a week or two of being great out of nowhere, and everybody's like, "Nope, see, see, uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna go on a run here," and then they go right back to what they are—a 500 baseball team. Give us a reason, give us give us a reason to be excited. That's that's all you gotta, I ask. You're gonna be sweating
1: this sweating this last week of the season, huh? That's that's 78 and a half looked like such a such a lock, I and then it was lock, easy. But- have lost like three out of fifteen. Like if they don't sweep the series with the White Sox, you kiss that goodbye because they're playing it's, teams that are all in contention.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's got me a reason to sweat, but it's like that's the only reason I'm interested in your baseball team right now is to see if you can get me to seventy nine wins on the season. Come on, come on, man, that's it's
1: it's gross. It's
0: gross right if need now.
1: A, if you need a little uh, a little fix for the summertime, I'm trying to get everyone into the WNBA. That's a great nice. summer
2: sport.
1: Man, <laughs> yeah, I know so. that that Final tennis
0: four. hey there's some stuff that you can watch but don't make me do that i'm a big four sports guy i want to see the big four sports teams doing good give me a reason to watch this red Sox team you gave me as far as i'm concerned they gave us no reason to watch the team this summer no no reason whatsoever
1: the past four years to trade away mookie bets to get pennies in the dollar you let bogart's O-Garnson gone go. yeah I mean, huh. and even like the, the like the Evaldies of the world like not that he you know was any Fair shakes the other night when they, they played them, but like, I don't know, they even let they just let like good talent go. Like Schwarber left, he did all right. Waka. Like, just, yeah, they didn't retain anybody. So it's like, where, who are you supposed to root for? They got Rafi, love Rafi, but like, it's it, you need nine players in the field.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's fun seeing these young kids coming up. The uh, the Rafaela, uh, whatever that kid, he seems exciting. They got him playing uh, center field, shortstop all over the place. They got young kids, Tristan Cassis coming up. It, you know, these guys are exciting. In a sense, just because they're young and you don't know what the future is going to be, but come on, we're not we're not thinking that they're going to go out there and actually help us win ninety games in a baseball year. It's not going to happen. So, uh, Brian Bayo, another one. It's it's nice to see them be able to finally get a pitcher that's coming up through the, the farm system. But you know, he's not he's not first of all, he's not anywhere close to being your ace. He's not going to be for the next couple of seasons, I don't think. He's going to be building
1: towards something. You only pitch at nighttime, time. He's like Dracula. He can't have him out <laughs> during the day yeah that's that's a good one
0: there but so yeah just do something get make it exciting again come on come on we're, we're the red Sox. we're the boston team come on but we got another boston team that's got some interesting news that happened uh my boston bruins very excited to see what the team is going to look like going into this year obviously you just lost bergeron you lost Krejci. uh guys like tyler bertuzzi who we thought maybe was going to be good at, to, to sign to the team after a an interesting first playoff series though they got their Butts kicked, and you know it was was demoralizing, and they a huge choke and all that kind of stuff. But how are you going to bounce back from that? What is the identity of the team going to be? And it seems like the Bruins have kind of made a decision on what that identity is at least going to start with, because it starts from the top down, right? And now we got our new top guy on the team, new guy with the C on his chest. We got Brad Marchand as the new captain for the Boston Bruins. So I'm asking you, Maddie, as a yeah. I know, uh, you know, an outsider perspective. Uh, I, I know that you were following along with the Bruins a little bit last year and everything. Everybody was, I think with how exciting they were, do you think that they made the right choice putting Brad Marchand as the 27th captain in franchise history, or do you think they should have gone another direction?
1: You know, I, I, I like the pick. I, I think Mac was a little too young, a little too early on for him to, for him to get to see. Um, you know you'd really have to believe that the last what 12 to 18 months of Marshand are like the transformation of him from being the guy that will slew foot you will lick you uh into the guy that's gonna be like I mean' listen, it's Sedane Ochara Patrice Bergeron like those guys like those are like 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 the classiest of guys like the, you know the, if you were to tell someone like if you're a young kid how to learn how to play hockey like emulate those guys right Brad Marshand's clearly not that guy like and the in the whole shot <laughs> mm-hmm. in the last Eight, 12 to 18 months he hasn't been that pest but he has also hasn't been as effective at the same time so I mean i, I think it's the right if you're gonna look at it stri- strictly from the pecking order of like who should be next it should have been him uh, I don't I don't know about I mean pa- pasta disappears in the in the playoffs and he, again he's younger so I mean how many martian's been with the team for what 12 15 years already Something like crazy? That. yeah I yeah think, so uh, it, it would it would it would probably rub him and the locker room the wrong way if it wasn't him up next. So I, I get it. Um, I do have a lot of fears about the Bruins this season. I think a lot of the the skepticism about the team last year going into it, like they're down all these guys, like you know health's going to be an issue, like they're gonna they're gonna crater. I'd be scared that that's going to happen this year. I mean, again, they can prove us all wrong, but you lost a lot of talent to retirement, you lost a lot of talent in free agency, didn't necessarily necessarily replace it. So. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about this team, but I mean, as in terms of just the decision on my hand, you know, I think it, I think it makes sense.
0: Well, they didn't replace it. They got Milan Lucic back, dude. We're fine. It's yeah. gonna be fine. Milan Let Lucic it's- is, it's great. It's, I mean, that's just a silly thing to do. I, yeah, I agree with you. Lost a lot of talent. Brought back in a bunch of really aging veteran t- players like Van Riemsdyk and uh, Milan Lucic, who's going to give you maybe ten minutes on the fourth line. I don't understand what you're doing there. It's we we're gonna we're gonna watch the the Bruins with Milan Lucic again. He's not even going to fight anybody. I don't understand why we're doing that. But
2: well, no, as far
0: anybody. well, yeah, as far as Marchand goes, I, I I mean I get it from the the veteran standpoint, like you said. He's the longest tenured guy. What was I don't know if it was his rookie year 2011 or was it the year before that? So he's been around for a long time, Uh, obviously been there for the championship. And uh, I don't know. It's just hard for me, though. Like you said, last year he was he was in a weird place. He did a lot of, uh, you know, soul searching. It seemed like he wasn't that same guy that, like you said, the lick you in the face, the, the slew foot, the crazy. Uh, he didn't do a ton of that. There was a little bit. And then I, I don't even think he, at the end of the season, he he went on a streak of not having any penalty minutes for a really long time or something like that. But he was also just voted by the entire league as the biggest chirper in the league. He, that was they literally did a poll about that with NHL players through the Athletic, and he was voted as the biggest chirper in the league. That doesn't seem like somebody, in my opinion, that's the captain of a team per se. I I, I don't really think that you know the chirping guy is the captain. Sure, you got the leader. But like you said, we're talking about guys like Bergeron and Chara and go back, Ray Bork, guys like that who led by example and and led with that, that just, you know, mentality of this is how we're supposed to do things. It's the right way to do things. And I'm going to show you how to do it first. And and yes, I'll give you the speech in the locker room, too, but I'm not going to be out going out there and trying to aggravate the other team into getting a penalty or something. That's not really my game. Okay, break number two, but when we come back, we'll continue talking about the latest captain choice for the Bruins here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap
1: with your host,
0: Zach Clapp. We're back and talking about the Bruins' choice for captain and who we think they should have picked. I don't know. I I personally, I know it wouldn't have been, like you said, maybe it would have caused some controversy in the locker room, but you could still give him the A on his chest, Brad Marchand, but I would have gone with Charlie McAvoy. I honestly would have, just because I feel like that's the future of the team. I feel like I love his mentality. He still makes some mistakes in crucial times. We saw it in the playoffs last year. We've seen it at different times. He gets a little too ahead of himself. He gets ramped up and things like that. But he knows. He understands how to do things. And I always just feel more comfortable with a defenseman as the captain of the team. I, I Something about a defenseman just exudes exudes those Captain mentalities that I always look for in a player. Uh, obviously Bergeron was great, but before that, like I said, you had Chara and you had Bork as your two guys. I don't know. I, I'm I'm worried about the team. I agree with you. It's going to be a tough season overall. Also, we're going back into another season with Olmark instead of just giving the keys over to Swayman, which I loved Olmark last year. I thought he was outstanding. I don't see how you could hate on him in any sense. But we all know there's no chance he can be anywhere close to that good again this year, right? That's I mean didn't, that's
1: a didn't that's you just an outlier. I mean, didn't he, he? Did, but yeah. So, he like, I mean, of course, like, you, you literally can't do better than that. So, no. yeah, I mean, it's he's what, what is this? What, that was his second year of the five year deal. Is that what it was? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, hot lightning in the bottle there. I mean, what you can hope for is that they platoon, he does well, and maybe they find a trade partner for him. Cause I'm not that I have their salary cap info in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're right up against it, which is why they yeah. signed a bunch of. $900,000 a year, you know, old veterans. So yeah, maybe they just like, let them you know, let them rip for the first half of the season and then they find a nice trade partner for him.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it just seemed like it it came back and, and blew up in our face when he tried to, when Montgomery tried to go all uh all in on him in the playoff series and then try to throw in Swayman right at the last second when he was completely off his game. So I, I don't know, either you have to go, with the the you know both of them playing using both goaltenders the whole way and and do something people don't do in the playoffs and use two goaltenders or let's let's kick it to the kid we got to see what he's going to be he needs to be the guy that's taking over love all mark huge huge fan of all mark contracts great played out of his mind last year but i think it's time to turn the keys over to the the kid and and let's move on and, and see what we really got because if you don't i, I mean we're just st- still going to be kind of doing the same thing over and over again and this year is going to be a real tough make or break season. So, so we'll see how that goes. But we got another team that's coming up also as well. I can't wait for October. I can't wait till we have all of the the uh the big sports team. Well, now we won't have the Red Sox, but we'll have all the other big teams playing in October. I can't wait for it. We got the Celtics also about to start their season in a little while, about a month from now, maybe a little less than a month from now. Uh and so we're going to see how things go. Obviously, the huge offseason news for them was trading Marcus Smart. You bring in uh, Chris Porzingis, who already is dealing with injury issues, and it it's going to change the identity of the team. So, Matt, you're a big green teamer, season ticket holder. Are you excited going into this year? Are you worried at all? Do you think that the, the superstars are going to take a step, or, or I should say superstar in Jason Tatum? Where is your head at with this team?
1: <laughs> There's three superstars on this team. Oh, no, kid. kid. Yeah. So here's here's my biggest thing, right? So I was actually having a little little debate about this, I think, yesterday. Um so is, I think it came up in like we should they trade Brogdon for like Buddy Heel type. I think which just a random scenario. But here's my my biggest thing that I want to see is are they going to double down on quote unquote Missoula ball, which is just you know, run, shoot as many threes as you can, like they're gonna live and die by the three defense is I mean, they, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, let's be honest. When, when it mattered, they could not make the stops they needed to. Are you going to double down on that, or are you going to balance out? And I don't know what the coach – like. I know we added different coaches. They added Cassell. They added a couple other guys, I think. So I want to know if that's going to be a change in philosophy. Because I, I want it. I want a more balanced game. Because if you're only going to do – if you're only going to be able to do one thing, which is shoot the three, you better do it historically well, because if you're a one trick pony, you're not going to make it out. You just saw it happen. You got cold. You didn't get past the heat. You were close. You're arguably a rolled Jason Tatum ankle away from, from making it to the finals, you know, in an incredible comeback. But like, if I, 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 that's the biggest thing that I want to see is do they, because Porzingis can obviously play the inside game. He's what, eight foot five but like you can like but he can shoot he's a he's a really great you know corner three perimeter guy as well so he can stretch another team's defense but i want to see because i personally don't like missoula ball i think you got to be versatile i think you'd have to win in different ways uh on a night in night out basis and it especially need to win in different ways in the playoffs when you have other coaches who can scheme up or like play a well enough defense or if your shooting just gets cold so That's the biggest thing I want to see this year is, do they find some more balance? Do these new coaches even them out, you know, enough you know dribble drive type of stuff, like get into the paint, draw some fouls, you know, muck it up inside in the interior. That's what I'd really like to see. And I said, like like I said, if they go back to, if they continue Missoula ball, they double down on it, they want these outside shots, they better be effing historically good at it.
0: Time for another break, but when we come back, we'll talk more about the Celtics here on ninety point seven WKKL, the
1: Clap Trap with your host Zach
2: Clap. We're
0: back and talking all about our thoughts on the new Celtics season coming up. Here we go. Hey, well, they were historically good to start off the year. That was an insane run to start off last year. I couldn't believe yeah. how good they were doing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, they they moved on from Marcus Smart. He was supposed to be your defensive identity. Do you think they even have anyone now that could play defense enough on this team? They got rid of not not that this is a much lesser level, but they also got rid of Grant Williams, who I looked at as a guy who could you could throw into defensive situations, and at least he's caused some havoc. And uh, against guys like Giannis and 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 others, he could actually do a little bit of something. Do you think that they even have the the players on the team to to be able to play good defense anymore? Have they gotten rid of everybody?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Derek White was second team all defensive, so he's sort of going to fill in that Marcus Smart role. Um I think I think Tatum is a lot better at defense this year. I love that he's working with Paul Pierce in the offseason. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to up his defense. And I know Porzingis can, you know, get in the middle and play, and play some D on some of the bigger good guys blocks. too. So what, what's, what's
0: that? He's got good, he's got good blocking and good rebounding. Oh, yeah, exactly. So no, I think
1: that I, that's what I mean like I'd love to see them like they have to step up their defense. They were they were crap last year, especially when it mattered. So I think they still have it. Again, they're getting that production from Marcus Smart who Honestly, fell off a little bit from his DPOI performance. Um, so they got that, and Derek White. He was second team all defensive. So I think that I think if they play the right way, then they'll absolutely be able to you know handle it. On I loved. I mean, you got to remember, they're a year removed from the Ime Udoka team that was like not. I think we number one, number two, in like de- in defense, like they were. They just couldn't execute on on the offensive end. They got stale, and then when he left the whole thing shifted entirely and they became way too heavy on the offense on the threes and they abandoned their defense. If they could have just maybe gone from first in defense to like fifth or sixth. And then also like, you know what I mean? They just needed to, mm-hmm. they swung too far in one direction. So they're going to bring it back to where they were, but add that offense. Yeah, no, I
0: then uh, Like you said, they, they brought in some new assistant coaches. Seems like Sam Cassell is going to be a big part of what they're doing going forward. And I do wonder, you know, with M- Missoula and everything, obviously they gave him, they took away the interim tag, they gave him the actual coaching job, but then you bring in a guy like Sam Cassell and some others on the bench there. Do you think that there's any thought behind maybe, okay, if, if Missoula falters again, if the defense isn't doing good, if he's focusing on the wrong things, maybe we need to give it to Sam Cassell to run this team? Or, or do you think that's kind of like a year or two off?
1: I think it just depends on what Jason Tatum wants at that point. It is going to let it's, it's, yeah. it's we're no, you see, you see it around the league all the time. The coach reflects what the superstar wants. We're no different here. I mean, it's a uh, championship. We have banners, all this stuff, but you know, if any change is needed, it's like, even if ownership is like listening to people or if they're just, they think uh, they need a changing coach, they get to run it by the hierarchy of the team first. So it's, yeah. if, if, as long as um. Jason Tatum and Joe Missoula are in wedding photos together doing their thing Then, like, you know, at his job secure. He's so Missoula smart that way.
0: That's true. Yeah, you got to stay in the uh, off the off the court stuff in order to be in the good graces. And yeah, yeah. And they got rid of one of the big three decision makers in Marcus Smart. So now it's down to just two guys in Tatum and Brown. Right. So. Uh, it's all on what those guys think, but you mentioned another guy who's kind of seeming maybe a little disgruntled right now. I mean, ob- for obvious reasons, Brogdon, they tried to trade him. It didn't work out. It was put out to everybody that they were trying to move him, and then it's like, ah, actually, we couldn't do that, so why don't you come back and play for us again next year? Now I'm hearing things that he's upset with the way that the Celtics handled his injury do you think that they really are going to try and go out there and find a trade partner again for him? Do you think he can actually ex- coexist on this team anymore and be good? Do you, is, is he in that mindset where he can just put that somewhere else and, and just focus on playing basketball or is, is the relationship over?
1: I don't know, man. I, I, so I don't, I don't know his game. Well, like I haven't like tracked his career well enough to know, like if he's just, once he's like, once he's out on a team, he's out like, I, I don't know, like, I think he left Milwaukee in free agency. Right. And then he obviously he got traded here from Indiana. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. I don't know how it's going to all gel together. I mean, this is a business. I mean, Jalen Brown gets almost traded freaking all, you know, or he gets <laughs> hypothesized true. at least all the time and he still goes out there and plays. So that'd be a good example for, for Brogdon to follow. I mean, I, I, I like Brogdon. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think he, he's sixth man of the year. I mean, he's, and he deserved that honor. So I'd like to see him try to like pull it together and make it work. If not, I mean what do you trade him for and this is this is where this argument i was in the other day got sort of got going it's like oh if you trade him for buddy healed which would be weird because you'd be trading him back to Indiana after yeah. you know you traded him away so put that aside for a second if you're gonna trade Brogdon who can slash you can get into the you know into the paint a little bit like you move the ball he's not not necessarily just gonna shoot up swat up and shoot threes where Buddy Healed is gonna shoot threes he's a you know almost a three-point specialist um that just, that reinforces that you're going to play Missoula ball. You're going to be shooting. You're going to be shooting duck and like that. You know, so again, like that's where I go back to if So if you're going to trade Brogdon, it's got to be in line with who you get back. Is it going to be in line with the identity of what the team's going to be? So it would be very telling if before the season, if they traded him for player X, um, you know, what they're going to be doing. So we'll see. I mean, I'd I'd like to see him get in line. I think he's a good player, you know, and and sort of just, you know, squash the squash the beef, but you know, people's feelings get hurt. I get it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a small team, 15 man on the roster.
0: You're obviously going to be involved in trade talks a lot of the time. So I guess you do, you got to get over that. I hope he can. I love Brogdon. Him and him and uh, Derek White, I think have been huge additions. Obviously, if they can stay healthy, that was a big thing for Brogdon. Couldn't stay healthy, but I'll just finish it off with this. What are your predictions for the team this year? Do you think they'll be right back in that same position, top of the Eastern Conference, and vying for a championship? Do you think they fall off at all? Where are you at with the prediction?
1: I mean, I think it's championship or bust. I mean, right. You, you added the pieces, oh, yeah. traded away your heart and soul of the team. Like you, if you got to like, this is, I mean, this is make or break. You've got to make the finals. And depending on who you go up against, I mean, that that's, you've got, But you got to get back. I think you're, you're slot, you're regressing if you don't make it back to the finals. So I'm mean, that's, I'm all in on this team. And I, I mean, I've got good hopes. I like, I like the Porzingis trade a lot. I think it's so much, he's so much more of what you had a log jam at the guard position and you needed less voices. You needed more production. I think I think I think Presingus didn't play in the World Cup like per- on purpose. I think it was sort of a hey here's your extension like you know don't go play in the World Cup, you know. So I think that was sort of a, a wink wink nod nod type of thing. Um I I can't wait to see how this team this team. I've got I've got good feelings. Good good vibes about this team. Dare I say oh wait vibes.
0: Oh okay, that's big time stuff. Yeah, I know. It is championship or bust. It was championship or bust last year and they busted. This time let's see if they can go the other way with it. Uh, I I have high hopes as well. Jason Tatum taking another step. Jalen Brown got that bag, you know, go out there and show why you got it. And then it'll be Tatum's turn. But yeah, it's, it's championship or bust once again. And it doesn't matter who else is in the Eastern conference. You got to make it, make it happen. Make it happen. Okay. Break time again, but then we're going to switch things up to talking about the NFL and more when we come back here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap
1: with your host,
0: Zach Clapp. We're back with more of the show. Let's get back to it. Okay, now it's time to move on. We've talked about the other NFL or the other New England sports teams and given our thoughts on that. But now we got to move on to the NFL. Uh, And before we get into the Patriots' thoughts, I do just want to kind of go over our overall thoughts of the league right now. Obviously, we just had Thursday night football happen last night. 49ers beaten up on the Giants 30 to 12 though it seemed like it was going to be a lot closer of a game through the first half and then the, the 49ers just kind of got rolling and, and never looked back and now they're 3-0 and the the first team to reach 3-0 I mean we've got other teams that are 2-0 and at this point and they'll probably get there as well but I just got to start off the NFL conversation by asking are the 49ers the best team in the
1: NFL in your mind Matt? Sorry, I almost had to block out a sneeze. Yeah, I mean they 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 look it. I mean last night was sort of a, I mean you come it's your home opener, you know you come like you've been on the you're already two zero, oh, you go on the road for both of those, you come in. Last night was really just a, make sure you take care of business type of night, you know get into the your mini buy. Um, yeah, I think they they look awesome, man, and I, I can only imagine what they look like if they had like a, a stud quarterback, you know what I mean? But like that defense is filthy uh that sack by joey bosa was unreal coming off the side like that um yeah they're i mean they they seem to be a very complete team having said that they seem to always find a way to to blow it when it comes to the nfc championship or when it gets down to that final four time i mean they i don't think they've understand it and they've even made the the super bowl right the last time they made it was um was harbaugh yeah i believe so with uh yes, i mean it's I'd love to see him pull it all together. I think they they look like the most complete team. They they have they're filthy on defense. I think what was they said last night on the broadcast that they have an all pro at every level of both offense and defense. It's insane. Like they're they're and like Christian McCaffrey is a effing stud. Watching <laughs> that kid run and just throw dudes down, he's nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a complete package. It'd be it'd be and seeing what's out there in the league right now. I mean, I think it'd be and Daniel Dallas sadly just lost that uh, Trayvon Diggs for the season so I think I would say that you know San Francisco is probably the number one team right now I'm gonna look up their odds actually I'm just I'm curious to see what the futures are
0: yeah no I mean I think that you're right I think that they are technically the best team in the league but it's it's a weird year for the NFL. I know, uh, you know, obviously when the best team in the league has just like a middling quarterback to me, somebody, a quarterback that's probably no better than Mac Jones. uh, And they're somehow the best team in the league. You got to have all pros at all levels if that's going to be the case. But I think that you nailed it, that the reason that they're not going to be the best team at the end of the year is because of Brock Purdy. They don't they can't get over that hump and they get to the end. It seems like it's all going to come down to you need everything to be hitting. And I just I have no faith in Brock Purdy to be able to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think that at the end of the day, Shanahan's probably looking at it like he's pissed off that his team went out there and made him go and get Trey Lance when he wanted Mac Jones the whole time. You could have just had basically, which I do. I believe personally, Mac Jones is better than Brock Purdy. I don't know how you feel about it, but if they had somebody that was Mac Jones, just even a little bit better than Brock Purdy. I think that even puts you over the hump more when you get to the NFC championship type of of, of time there. But obviously Brock Purdy can can grow into a better quarterback overall, but as of right now, that's their their biggest weak point. And he still threw for 300 yards last night because he has Debo Samuel. He has the dump-down option in Christian McCaffrey. Didn't have IU last night, but he's got George Kittle. He's got – I mean, it's insane. The, the, the guys, the weapons that he has on offense, that offensive line is good. Obviously, Will, Trent Williams uh, is a great offensive lineman, though he was getting into some stuff last <laughs> night in the game, but – I I mean, it's uh yeah, I, I can't believe it. And I don't really trust any of the other great teams. I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. You just said they lost one of their their defensive weapons and Trayvon Diggs, And I just don't know how I feel about I mean, obviously, they've still got Parsons, they've still got, uh, you know, some good weapons on the on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't trust them. Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they're they're good as well, but you saw them get – it was the first game of the season, I get that, but they got slowed down by the Patriots right out the gate. It seems like they can be gotten as well. So it's a very parity-filled year, I think, where I at the end of the, se- the season, obviously I think the Chiefs are going to be back in there. There's going to be random teams that I think are going to make a, a name for themselves at least get into the playoffs like the Lions and things like that. So it's just kind of a weird season
1: overall. I don't I know had how that, you, feel. you had that Lions hype train, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm still on it. I got, <laughs> yeah.
0: I got to stick with yeah. my guns on that one, even though they're getting injury prone right now and falling apart a little bit, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit more because we have them in our gambling competition. We got to pick that game in a little bit, but I I'm, I'm just, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like a weird start to the year it's we're finally, and I know we don't have the, the Tom Brady's the Aaron Rodgers, these, these dominant quarterbacks anymore. Obviously you still got Mahomes, Jalen hurts we think he's a top tier quarterback. I think he's going to be a top tier quarterback, but there's no one else that's kind of dominating the league right now. So it's kind of interesting. And I, I don't know, is it, is this, do you think that this is a better overall product for the NFL to have it? So up in the air, or would you rather see a couple of teams that are kind of vying for the top dog spot?
1: I don't know. I, mean, I it's, you see like with the NBA, right. It was like, you loved having like Steph first, LeBron, like you love. And then oh, yeah. the KD got in there too. Cause he's a weasel. But, like, I you loved having that matchup, but by the third iteration, you got tired of it, right? So, and I'm sure, like, I, I could I guess, like, you'd say after the Patriots didn't have Tom Brady, like, the, the parody just like it really it, it, there's it spread out a lot. You could say that the, the Chiefs are sort of that next team up where they've won what two out of the last four or five. Um, no, and they're and they're sort of you know, they're, they're always going to be there. Like, I, I think even if they you know, they started slow last year, they, they ramped up at the end of the year. Yeah. And just became the team that ended up winning it all. So, I don't know. I think it's – I think it's good. I think it's good for the league to ha- have it be sort of spread out. You do want to have, like, a couple of marquee franchises, like the Chiefs, that, like, will be in contention, usually make the Final Four every year, uh maybe get knocked off. But, no, I think it's – I still – I mean, I think the Niners look awesome. I mean, I don't know. I get the odds pulled up in front of me right now. It's Niners are plus 650 for the – to win, um Chiefs are 700. But, yeah, even – there's – even four more teams inside of like plus one thousand Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins. So no, I think the yeah. I think the parity's good. I think there is a drop-off when it comes to that Lions level. I'm not really uh I'm not really and I'm not really fully bought in on the Lions hype train. I think they they beat up a a caught off guard and, and and you know undermanned Kansas City team, um, especially early in the year. But yeah, and the parity the parity's nice. I mean it'd be nice if New England was part of in that that parody conversation of like, Hey, maybe they have a shot, but you know, even still that man, I'm a, I'm an NFL fan. So I don't, you know, it's all good.
0: Well, I'm also just going to say it right now. The AFC is just not the conference, I think, that anybody thought it was going to be this year. I mean, obviously, all these teams falling apart, and the Chiefs, we know they're going to be there at the end, but a team like the Bengals, who are now, again, they're 0-2 already, and now Joe Burrow is day-to-day with another possible injury. They could be completely falling apart. You got teams like, what, the Jaguars, who everyone thinks is fun. That's cool. The Chargers, who have the worst coaching but have uh, this great offense, and they seem like they should be a lot better you got the dolphins who are uh one hit away from tua never playing again I, the, the afc is is really open other than the chiefs who we know is going to be there so you say that the patriots aren't going to be in it but i it's it's like a really weird i i thought that we all or a lot of us thought that the afc was going to be the better of the two conferences i think that the nfc is is clear in a way so far the better conference we're going to take another break before we get Matt's thoughts on that. So keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the clap trap after this, the clap
1: trap with your host, Zach clap.
0: We're back and talking all about the NFL. Who's the best, who's the worst. Let's get back to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, who else is really at the top besides the Niners, the Cowboys, um, the Eagles, you know, all teams that are two and or three, And know, I think in the case of the, the Eagles, they didn't have a great start. Like they didn't play their best football. Um, you know, so, so I, yeah, I guess it, you might be right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see when it all comes down to it. Well,
0: yeah, so, I, I mean, we do have, and, and we should get into them. We are talking about the Patriots. We know Matt and I love talking about the Patriots and our thoughts on how this team is doing, what their future is going to be. They're obviously started off 0-2. I haven't had you on since uh, the season's got started here. Another tough loss last week, losing to the Dolphins in it once again but who really cares there's no moral victories at this point the thing i said going into the season is this is not a moral victory year i don't care about that anymore it's put up or shut up time for bill you have to win 9 or more games minimum you to me you have to, 9 games is the minimum that you have to win and now you start off 0-2 obviously 0-2 isn't as bad as it used to be when now there's 17 games that you're playing as opposed to 16 you get another chance blah 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 all that stuff but still It's it's where we're starting off so tough. We're we're in these games. Once again, I thought every game was going to be a battle. I'm happy in a sense to see them in it against the Eagles and in it against the Dolphins. But then when the reason that they can't actually overcome these is because they shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers on offense. It's the most frustrating way to lose football games. I think obviously First game, to me, they spotted the Eagles 13 points on offense with horrible turnovers. Then you go into this game against the Dolphins. Once again, they're turning the ball over. Uh, And on top of it, now we're starting to lose more players to injury. Marcus Jones is out now on IR with that torn labrum after he went down. And I think it was the early second quarter. I don't know what time he he went down there.
1: Down twice. The second time he went down, though.
0: Okay. So yeah, that that's a tough one. Obviously, we're already dealing with Jonathan Jones having injuries. You got Jack Jones, who's on the IR as well for his hamstring. The the secondary that this team, you know, thought was going to be the big part of them. The the big, you know, let's go. The secondary's got all these weapons, kinda. They're starting to fall apart. So we're going into a Jets game this week, and I just so far with the season. How have you felt about the team overall? I know that you were sending me messages on the side, being like, "Is it time to kind of jump off and, and panic?" Are you? I know you have some interesting feelings about this team. Do you feel like this is this is just a sinking ship and they're just going to keep going down, down, down? Or do you have any positive things to say about the Patriots?
1: No, so I think they're, they'll still muster, you know, put together somewhere in that seven to nine win range. I just think that's that they're they're too. they're they're the biggest it's personnel problems right they are very well coached um but they do not have the the horses to get stuff done I mean that's so I think right if you look at the schedule right I don't have it directly in front of me but I know like it softens up like for a big part of the middle and then I think it gets tough at the end probably because it's AFC East matchups but you know it's tough to build yourself I mean oh and two sure like you're gonna if they don't win this week which like this week's not a you could call it a given because in like past years, but I don't know, like the jets, I don't think the jets have totally like bought out yet. Right. Like most jets teams are like, yeah, like we stink. Like we're not, you know, this is how it is. But I think they got that win against Buffalo, despite the fact that they lost Aaron Rodgers. and like, yeah, they got absolutely waxed by, by, by the Cowboys in week two. But like, I don't think they're checked out yet. So I don't, I think it's going to be a battle this week. And if you go, zero three as the Patriots, Call it 0-4 because you're going into Dallas. Like after that, you're real like it, you're gonna lose morale. And like th- right now, I feel like they're they're in a position where like they played well enough. A lot of it's they're coming back in these games. Like that's why they're getting closer than it actually looks on paper. But I mean it's because they're spotting teams at the points in the beginning. But like if you I think right now they are a team that can win the games that they're supposed to win, like when they see the like, sort of you know, less like, sort of crappier teams. If you go down zero and four, that might not be the case because you're going to lose morale and people aren't going to be playing, you know, to the level that they need to. There's really no point, in you know, trying to push up uh, for a postseason spot. So we'll see. I mean, I think I think this week is friggin' massive. Is it? Is it must win? Are we doing must win right now? It's the difference between one and two and, and versus going zero and four. You know what I mean? I'm just going to make that leap. But even one and three looks better than zero and four. So yeah, I'm going to call it must win. And if they don't win. I don't know. I hear hear Caleb Williams is pretty good as a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that you're right.
0: The Jets team isn't fully checked out yet. I think that the fans are right there ready to boo them as soon as anything goes wrong on Sunday. So we'll see how their team reacts. If if the Patriots don't shoot themselves in the foot right out the gate and maybe go up a score or two, even like 10-0, uh, that that fan base, they might really turn on them very quickly. Obviously, they lost Aaron Rodgers, so the whole season is shot. You're going with Zach Wilson, which that guy's a bozo, and you don't think you're going to get anything out of him. Uh, but I am I am not at all thinking that this is a an easy win or a scheduled win or anything like that for the Patriots. This is nowhere near that type of a team. You can't expect anything out of them. So it's going to be a, a battle still. The Jets are – great everywhere now except for the quarterback they have the quarterback they lose him they're great everywhere else still their defense is good they've got offensive weapons but um and i feel i, I feel the worst for uh garrett wilson i don't know if you saw that whole thing about uh him and and aaron Rodgers talking in the locker room and aaron wa- kind of like walked up to it was like sorry kid and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. like uh, man that's so bad that i you know went out and now you're gonna have to deal with zach wilson this entire time but I don't know. I, I think that, you know, I do obviously think that they can win this game. I think that they're going to start to shore up and this is going to be kind of a get right about the turnovers. That is a huge factor for this squad. And they've shown that they can do things on defense. Now, I'm starting to get worried, though, about all these injuries. That's that's where I'm starting to go, because, as you said, it's always a personnel issue with this damn team, with this Bill Belichick GM run team. Bill, Bill Belichick, the coach, a top top all time coach easily in my book. I don't care what anyone else says. I think that he is coaching wise. He can take some of the crappiest teams out there. You saw it in 2020 with Cam Newton as the quarterback to an eight win season. He can do that with any team. You're never going to find him coaching a team. I don't think to like a, you know, a four win season, three win season, something horrible like that, but he continues to screw himself over with his GM moves, not either giving himself the depth or a weapon on offense for his uh, quarterback. And I'm actually more pissed right now. I will say he's been drafting a lot better recently, and clearly whenever he drafts on defense, I have full confidence in him. But at this point, my biggest gripe with Bill, the GM, is the fact that he didn't just go and spend money on the offensive line. Because he is a in-the-trenches type of guy. He wants to play defense, and he wants to run the ball. And even if you don't believe in your quarterback and you think that the NFL is stupid for going towards the, the quarterback style, which I don't know if he does think that or not. He likes to zig when other people zag, all that kind of crap. So go and get yourself a nice offensive line so you can t- continue to be a ground-and-pound type of team with a Amandre Stevenson. You go out and you get Zeke Elliott. And, yes, I do like the pieces that they have on the offensive line, but somebody like Trent Brown is not somebody who you can count on. You don't have a right tackle. I like what they did with the guards. I love him, Wenu. I'm not sold on Strange yet. Obviously, he has to do more. Andrews is great. That's perfect. Fine but if you if you had gone out there and ign- even if you ignored once again the weapons on offense the the wide receivers and the tight ends and you got what you got but you went out there and you spent money to get yourself some big tackles that were going to be consistently reliable for this squad, it changes the whole outcome of at least this this first two games and probably the rest of the season because they have had the worst offensive line play when it comes to run blocking and pass blocking in the league. And Mac Jones has been, to his credit, getting the ball out extremely quick and they've been looking somewhat comparable on offense But if you're going to make the guy be like Tom Brady throwing the ball in a minute or in a a second and a half, every single play, he's not that good yet. He can't handle that. So I the, the biggest thing uh, about the Bill GM stuff right now is he didn't go after better offensive line. I don't care about the offensive weapons as much. I don't think that a DeAndre Hopkins would have made a huge difference for this team if Mac Jones is consistently under pressure and they can't even run the ball. So that's my biggest gripe with him right now on the the GM side of things. I don't know if you feel differently, but that's where uh, I'm so at.
1: That's the, way, that's the biggest way to tank a season is to I mean, you let everyone down, right? It's like it's almost like the equivalent of um a baseball team that has like an absolute crap bullpen, right? No matter what you do in these games, no matter how much ta- like talent yeah. you like, how, no matter how well you play, if you're going, you have five-two lead and your bullpen blows it. Like you could be sitting there and every like defense is playing well, but the offense just you can't you can't stop it. You know, can't stop anything. You can't stop a nosebleed. It's like well, you're just getting, again. I go back to demoralizing everybody. Like now, are the rest of the teams, you know, not you know, not marching in the same direction because they know like how, how much offensive, like how much can you generate and get into a rhythm on offense where they're not, you know, they can't get more than two, three yards on a run. Mac Jones has to get rid of the ball. Like you said, inside of two seconds, he's getting pounded. I mean, it's, it's, you make the right, the right point where it's, he's such an in the trenches guy. So how do you, but have you've seen him trade away, like, like offensive linemen too. Like, I think what they traded away Tooney, um, they traded whoever they traded down to uh, Tampa when, when Brady left, like, I don't. Know, he just doesn't like seem to take it seriously. He thinks he can just find the right guys and like and stucco and super glue the whole thing together. But it's not the case. Invest invest in that spot. Don't draft guards in the first round. Like that type of stuff. Like invest in the lines so that like you need to be able to protect this quarterback and actually see. I feel like we're two and a half years in and we still can't really make a determination on Mac Jones yet.
0: We'll be back after another break and I'll give my thoughts on everything we're talking about, about the Patriots here on 90.7 WKKL. The
1: Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp.
0: We're back and wrapping up the NFL conversation with Patriots Talk. Let's get back to it. But I do feel like he's stepping in the right direction. Obviously, last year was completely thrown out the window. That was a crap season. I don't think you can judge anything off of what happened last year. But I think that this year you're seeing Mac progressing in his quarterback abilities. He's he's at least getting the ball out quicker. He's making quick decisions. And and that is what he should be doing in an offense that can't protect itself. So, yeah, I I don't know. Again, it's... It's one thing to not go out there and get yourself a number one wide receiver. I don't even know how many options there were out there. I still don't think that a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would have made a huge difference. But, yes, I, if you're not going to go out there and and w- you want to be a running football team, go and get yourself a beastly offensive line and go run the football because then it's going to make it easier for Mac Jones. It's going to make it easier for the defense when they're just getting to be able to rest on the sidelines instead of being able to just be thrown right back out there because you go three and out. It's frustrating. That's that's my biggest gripe so far with this season is the offensive line because and we knew it going in. We knew that a lot of these things were going to be – that was going to be one of the biggest question marks. Can they do anything with the offensive line? They have literally no right tackle. They just don't even have one. There's nobody to play that position. And, and Trent Brown, I love him when he's engaged, and they gave him another $2 million, but it's like – did you – why couldn't you do that before? Why couldn't you just, if you know that Trent Brown is the type of guy that'll check out, if you don't give him everything that he wants and go give him a little more money and pay the offensive line. That just seems like to me, that should be a bill Belichick move where it would piss a lot of people off because he's just focused on the offensive line. But to me, that would have been perfect for this team. That would have been well, the, like,
1: and it would have, it would have driven results. You'd see them actually play better. You'd see them be tighter in these games, like see the offense move better. I mean, it's, oh you know, it, as as, if they don't get the win, then it's, you know, moral victory, yada, yada, yada. But it's. Yeah, I, I it's it costs money. You know, there's not no team has like a plethora or like a huge depth of offensive line, right? You so no. the ones that they do have, they seek they draft them well, they pay them. Like that's you have to go you have to go spend assets to get these guys.
0: And he is he's drafting okay. And I, and that's fine when you use I I don't hate the 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 Cole Strange pick as much if he turns into something and I think that he's done good drafting offensive line for depth. But you're not getting the starters. You need you it's fine to draft for depth. Give me all the offensive big boys in the depth position, but you've got to go out there and pay for the, the starters, I think is the that's the major problem there. Uh and we're we're seeing we're seeing what it's doing to the team. You're gonna now get a jet squad that is faltering all over. Zach Wilson is terrible against the Patriots. We've had this long streak of just whooping their butts. But I still don't feel confident because I don't know what the offensive line is going to give you. So it's yeah, it's that's
1: offensive. That's offensive. Fronts nothing to be not not one no. to trifle with. No, no, not so
0: not not at all. Uh, now I, I still think that the defense is going to be good for the Patriots, and I do think that moral victories work for the locker room for a lot longer than they do for the fan base. I hate. I don't want any moral victory talk for for this team this year. I wanted that to be out the window and I think that the rest of the fan base is in a similar position. I think that moral victories kind of still work for the locker room for a little bit longer. They're going to be able to keep hyping themselves up. But like you said, if you lose to this jets team, now you're going zero three into a cowboy squad. that is regardless of losing digs looked really good on both sides of the football. And I'm not willing to just concede that that's just because they played a horrible giants team and everything. I think that they are pretty legit. So I don't know. The the biggest thing that I'm worried about now, though, is the injuries on this team. Like I said, the secondary's falling apart. And I think one of the major things, this is a guy that I loved him when he first started playing for the team. But I have flipped so hard on this player to hate, almost hating him whenever i see him out on the miles bryant should not be out there at any point on the field i'm so done with him i don't care if he makes a few random good plays and he's a decent little tackler he can't cover for crap and then i get it you 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 put yourself in this position because you thought you had a ton of depth at the DB spot, and Miles Bryant is down the list. But then once you have Jonathan Jones sitting out a game, and you have Jack Jones on injured reserve, and now it's going to be Marcus Jones on injured reserve as well. Now Miles Bryant actually has to have a role on this team, and that is going to be one of the biggest problems they're going to have with this squad because as bill loves him undrafted guy works really hard and i'm sure he's a nice guy i sewer him now all the time i'm sure he's a really nice guy and and you know i feel bad for doing it but man i just hate it whenever i see him out on the field making these dumb plays getting penalties he'll make one good tackle and then he'll make three horrible plays he'll get burned because the team is like oh look it's miles Bryant. let's just throw at him and it's very easy to do so the injuries are killing me right now man i i don't i don't know that's obviously not something you can fix you know injuries happen but i you thought that they were going to have good depth there and they didn't now
1: what are your predictions for for this week
0: so they, I mean, I, I do think they're going to win the game. I, I think that they're going to be able to handle the jets. I think that they're going to get right. I think they're going to be, you know, not turning the ball over. That's going to probably, I need to knock on wood. Cause that's, what's going to end up throwing, you know, coming back in my face is they're going to have an early turnover and it's going to flip the game once again. But I think that they'll go out there and they'll start running the ball a little bit better. I think that they will start, you know, moving the ball. And I think that the defense is going to handle it. So I mean, I, I don't really want to give like a score prediction, but I would think that the Patriots can score in the 20s and they're going to hold the, the Jets into the teens at most. So that's that's where I'm at with this.
1: How about you? So I, I'm just looking at the line right now. It's uh, Pats minus two and a half. So it was a three, I think, some places over, under. You ready for this one? Do you, 36 and a half. No, yeah. it can't. is it
0: really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, that's man. embarrassing. I, I mean, I oh think this goodness. can to get one on special teams, you know, uh, maybe a defensive score. Um, it, like you know, a punt return seems to seems to be in in the cards with these with these two squads. That game, thank thank God, I've got you know uh the Sunday ticket, so I can have other games going on at the same time. Like put the pads up in the box, have the volume on it, have red zone, have this game. Uh-huh. That game is gonna be it is gonna be a barn not not a barn burner in the South. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, make sarcastic sense. So yeah, yeah we shall see.
0: No, I hey, I, I think that they're gonna be able to handle business. If it's ugly, I don't care. I, I honestly I'm done with uh it has to be like this fancy win. I, I've been done with that for a while. If it's an ugly win, I don't care. Just win the game. Oh, but yeah, I saw pun, I, I'm looking pun,
1: at pun, pun, pun.
0: okay. I, I saw it though. I'm looking at it. Yeah, so I think the line started at 38 and a half and it's gone all the way, it's gone down two points. That's crazy. That's so low for people who are not gamblers out there. That's an insanely low line uh I, I mean 36 total points in the game that's wild but now to a little bit of a lighter note i do got to ask you a quick question do you think i know that you have some interesting feelings about bill belichick but do you think that bill belichick throws the best sassy challenge flag in the league history at this point have you seen some of these th- uh challenge flag throws that he's had that's in like these past two
1: games i mean that was um yeah, that was something. I, I remember laughing at it when I saw it, but he was like, he was like walking the line with the, like in his hand, like, Ooh, am I going to do it? And then <laughs> yeah. like, it just, it's he just, he's a little, yeah, it was something.
0: Well, he, in this last one, he waited until the, the ref was After like the fixing, the start, chains, fixing the, the chains, fixing the chains down there. He's down like, uh, like squatted down. And Bill looks at him like, you're really gonna make me throw this right now. You're gonna make okay. Here we go. It spikes it right at his feet. It was hilarious. I mean, he did that. He had another one. I think in the uh, the Eagles game too. That man knows how to throw a sassy challenge flag. I tell you what.
1: After the play started though, on Sunday night against the Dolphins, that play already got going. They, I think they gave him the benefit just because like he's Bill Belichick and he brought, the the amount of yelling he would do. And I mean they he that that play had already gotten off. He got lucky cr- on that.
0: The crazy thing was that the, the call stand uh, stood. Yeah. It was, they didn't even give it to him. I thought it was uh, whatever. And then uh, I also, I got to ask you now, we've had two end of the game last second plays. You had the boot. didn't get his feet down to to almost have that possible comeback chance for Mac Jones. Were you, at that moment, were you were you rooting for the uh, the Tom Brady s comeback in that moment for the team, or wh- what
1: were you thinking at that time? I was I was rooting for it, but I was also divided because I took the Eagles minus five. So <laughs> I, you know I was, but I, I, was, uh-huh. I was I was I thought it was going to happen. I was like Brady's in the building, they're marching down the field. I was rooting for it. Like you know, I put the money to the side at that point. My fandom my fandom sh- showed a little bit, but good. Um, and then but it's just like it's both these games, right? I mean, you're you're rooting for these late. Game comebacks like I was I was livid when they that whole you know Cole Strange didn't get over the line just because like I, I like watching play. that. he spent twenty years watching this team like if they were down like they're never out like they can be down two scores or a score like late they're never out and like we're <laughs> watching them get this it like it feels good they're coming back and it's like they shouldn't have been down that bad to begin with but you see them come back I mean you can't not root for that you know what I mean you see it and then like they I just, mean they, they can't close that team come this team and not they don't have the talent to close.
0: NFL have a little awareness of the moment and how big and cool that would have been if Cole Strange had gotten that first you don't down. See a ref,
1: like you don't want to see a ref end the game. Like Come no, on. no one wants to see like in baseball like called third strike by the ump when it's like it was a he was outside the box like you know like no one wants to see games end that way like no like they called it. They called it on the field first down. Like, let it freaking play. This, they, it wasn't like they hated the game. They still had 30 more yards to go. They called it on the field as of, I've
0: never seen them overturn that type of, type of a call. I get the Butte one, he clearly didn't get his foot down, but that one, you're going to overturn that call after calling it on the field and having no sense for the moment, NFL, and just let that, pause, the, the drama that was building up for that moment. And you don't even let the, it's, it's, F- pissing me off pissing me off at this point but i mean they,
1: i mean they made the right call but you know look, 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 look barely
0: the like, yeah. barely whatever all right well uh, yeah we'll see how things go patriots you gotta win uh and and hopefully they can but uh you know we'll we'll see how things go with that it's final break time before we wrap up the show with the gambling competition so stay tuned to 90.7 wkko for more of the clap trap after this The Claptrap
1: with your host, Zach Clapp.
0: We're back for more of The Claptrap, and it's time for everyone's favorite gambling competition. Here we go.
1: Now
3: it's time to win you some money with a couple minutes of gambling talk.
0: Now it's time, though, we got to move on to the gambling competition. We got Matt here, leader in the clubhouse after two weeks. He is at seven and three (laughs) and doing really well. So we're going to see how uh, this week's picks stack up as we've been saying how we've been doing it every week. One of the gamblers picks five games. We all bet off of that this week. It was my turn to pick the games. And I think I picked some good ones, the most competitive games overall. So we're going to go through all the guys voicemails first, and then Matt and I are going to give you our picks. So we'll start off here. Uh, Who are we going to start off with? We'll go with, uh, with, with Dan. He's been doing good. Mendez, he's in a good spot. So let's see what his picks are to start off.
4: Copy. Uh, week three. uh First game, Falcons and Lions. Lions minus three and a half. I'm going to take the over 42 and a half in that game. Lions seems a little low. I know Falcons run the ball in and one during the clock, but Lions can put up some points. I'm still not sold on their defense. I think I'll hit the over pretty easily. Second game, Bills minus six and a half at Commanders. I'm taking Commanders with the points. Uh, I think Commanders are just a tough team. I think they're going to make a game. I think the Bills will win, but I'll take the Commanders to cover. Next game, Saints and Packers. I'm going to take the over 42.5. Saints think that's close Packers. Daniel and Jones back. they often awesome. will be able to keep up. I think, again, that line seems a little low to me. Uh, next game, Chargers at Vikings. I'm taking Vikings, minus one. Chargers flying across the country. I think the Vikings are a pretty good team. There's just something always off with the Chargers i uh, not saying the coach either. Last thing, Steel is at rate of minus two and a half. I'm taking the Steelers. Steelers are just a Tucker team. Raiders always have too much going on the Taylor Jones stuff. Steelers are a better coach team. I'm taking Steelers to cover an outright win. Everybody's playing. Right
0: all right. Those are Danny's picks. Those He's got some good ones on there, I think. Uh, I like this whole style of us all picking off the same games, too. I think that this makes for some interesting you know, way, the way that we're looking at it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, interesting picks for him. Let's move on, though. Let's keep it going, and we'll get uh, Cam's picks next. Hey, y'all, uh, it's Cam here with
3: the picks for week three. Uh, we'll start with the Lions, plus three against the Falcons. Uh, the Lions are, have been really good in the last couple of seasons. And uh, all the Falcons who has run the ball, and the Lions have actually been pretty good up, up in the run. I'll take them at a field goal or low Next is the Bills and Commanders over 43-and-a-half. I know there's some, supposed to be some bad weather, but that seems to be mostly on Saturday. Um, and these offenses have been playing really well so far, so I'll take that over. Um, L.A. next is the Chargers and Minnesota over 54. Uh, I just think these are two of the best offenses and two of the worst defenses in the league. Next is the Saints, plus two against the Packers. Uh, the Packers have been getting a little lucky lately. Um, And Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are still questionable to play. And I think the Saints haven't played as well as they come to play, at least on Austin. I'll so take the Saints, plus two. And then last is the Raiders, minus two and a half against the Steelers. Um, the Steelers are in a bad spot going across the country, coming off a tough Monday night loss. Yeah. And the Steelers' offenses look horrendous first, so we'll take the Raiders. To recap of Lions, minus three. Bills, Commanders, over 43 and a half. Chargers, Vikings, over 54. Saints, plus
0: two. Raiders, minus two and a half. All right, there's Cam's picks. We're kind of going rapid fire right now. I'm just going to get Doherty's off as well, so here we go with Doherty's.
2: All right, Andrew's week three picks. I got Buffalo, minus six and a half. The Chargers plus one, Saints plus two, Falcons plus three, and Raiders minus two and a half.
0: Short and sweet. Love it. And let's hit Dwyer last before we get into our picks.
2: All right. Listen, Ryan, uh, here are my picks for the week. I like the uh, Lions minus three. It seems like they're going to be actually somewhat decent this year, surprisingly. So, go down. Uh Roll the Bills. Minus six and a half. Seems like we're going to get some little, little momentum here, get the ball rolling. Uh, so the, uh, Chargers plus one, Vikings kind of sink. Um, Saints, Packers. I'm going to go, uh, Saints plus two. And then Steelers, Raiders. I'm going to go, uh, Raiders minus two. We got TV involved in this year. I think it's gonna pop them out a lot to get them done.
0: Right. But so. all right. There's Ryan as well. He's the newcomer to the show, newcomer to everything. But he's six and four on the season. So uh not too bad for, for Ryan as well. Uh so those are the guys' picks. Those are the voicemails. I'll let you go first, Maddie. You go ahead. Uh you are the leader in the clubhouse, sir. So why don't you take it away and tell
1: us what your picks are. All right. Um, I'm looking at my list right now. All right. So we've got Falcons, Lions. I'm taking over 42 and a half. I think that's sort of a a low number. I think both teams are going to be scoring. Um, Bills at Commanders. I'm taking Washington plus the points, plus six and a half. I was a little thought about taking the over in that one, but I do think that the Commanders are going to keep it close. Um, They've been playing all right this year, so I'll take them with the points. Chargers at Vikings, Um, I hate this number. I'm going to take the over 54. Uh, It's such a high number, but I think Cam said it well. Two great offenses, two crap defenses. Um, Saints at Packers, I'm taking uh, Packers minus two. I don't really love the Saints. I think they're still, they're injury riddled right now. You know, they don't have any running backs. Um, I think the Packers are going to win that one. And I'm taking the under 43 in the Steelers and Raiders. Uh, that is just going to be. That might be the second worst game this week into watch, you know, besides the Pats and the Jets.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I just, uh, I like picking the Sunday night game just because. But uh, that is, that is a definitely, definitely a tough one uh, to go with there. So, uh, I, I, I was absolutely atrocious last week. I went zero and five. Can't get any worse. So, only tough up here. Uh, Only up from here. So let's get it going here. I'm going starting off lions minus three uh, against the Falcons. They're at home. Falcons team loves running the ball. Uh, this Lions team even though they're banged up I am still taking them because I have faith in this squad that they're going to be able to to kind of hold that Falcons team down and score enough points so give me Lions with the uh t- laying the three points on that one Bill's commanders I'm going over 43 and a half in this one I do think that the bills are going to jump out to an early lead there but the commanders per usual this season they've been making these comebacks getting back into games late so I'm expecting the bills to start off strong commanders to come back late and they get that over 43 and a half points next game vikings i'm taking the vikings minus one at home against the chargers uh both teams high-powered offenses and i think that that is going to show like you said the 54 points i think that it'll come close to if not going over there but i'm taking the vikings to win at home i just think that they're going to be better than the chargers chargers love shooting themselves in the foot as well saints packers I'm going with the Saints, plus two. I'm taking the points in that one. I love their defense. The Saints, I'm not – I mean, the Packers, Jordan Love, I I don't know yet what they're going to be. I think that the Saints will at least keep themselves in it and and within that field goal range at worst. Uh, But I think it's going to be a lower scoring game overall. I'm going to take the points with the Saints. Lastly, going with Raiders, minus two and a half at home against the Steelers. And uh, I mean, Steelers going out to them, like we already said. Cam said it, I believe. Steelers flying out to Vegas. Nobody ever plays good when they have to go to Vegas, right? They're all thinking about doing other things anyway. So, give me the Raiders minus two and a half. I think they're going to be able to hold it down there. So that is everybody's picks for this week. We'll see how things go. Thank you once again, Maddie, for coming on. We'll see if you have another big week out of you, and we'll be looking to talk to you again in the future to go over things. uh If you go five and zero, oh, we'll have to have you get back on again next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on, though. Sounds good, buddy. All right. We'll see you later. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKO for more of the Cape's classic alternative.